with though, Dan, to really sort out all of our issues throughout the whole club is um, a sit-down where we have a player of very, very little (laughs) repute, um, (sighs) potentially, arguably low skill, um, definitely low profile as far as the grand scheme of things goes, uh, sit down with the owner of the club and have what can only be described as a very, very awkward conversation. I mean that's a great idea, Will. But it's it, that's old news by now. It's it's already been done. Ah, oh, who's done who's done it? <laughs> now <laughs> you're not going to believe this, Will. <laughs> if, if I if I was to say to you, an NHL team has already done this incredibly awkward, embarrassing, and particularly laughable video, you, you wouldn't believe who it was, Will, <laughs> because it just couldn't. It just couldn't be them, could it? Could it? Yes. Is <laughs> yes, it the Atlanta Thrashers? Is it Atlanta Thrashers? See, I didn't oh. think it could be them because they're not a franchise anymore, which is is incredible, really. I know. Fucking hell. That's I, I suppose the Senators are the closest thing to a non-existent franchise in the league nowadays. <laughs> Except, unfortunately for everyone, they very much exist. No, not unfortunately. We, I can't believe. Okay, I can't believe. I'm about to say I can't believe. I can't believe we're doing this again, and we're not even rehashing. Every fucking couple of weeks, they do something, and I say, surely that's it. And I, I'm sure I've not gone back and listened to it, but I'm sure. On the last time we talked about them, which I'm sure was two episodes ago, I said that has to be it now. What else could they do? Like, Who had this idea? <laughs> I feel like the the Toronto media bias isn't even Toronto anymore. It's just Ottawa. Like Ottawa are, are taking yeah. over as the most talked about <laughs> team, so and all for so completely wrong reasons. <laughs> it's true. It's the Ottawa media bias. Oh mate! It's... Oh my god! So god, for for anyone who who doesn't know, who probably does know, but any anyone out there who doesn't <laughs> for anyone, know, for anyone for anyone. For anyone who's come out of a coma on Friday afternoon and decided the first thing they must do is listen to two English guys talk about hockey, <laughs> we'll explain what happened. <laughs> to be fair, even if they were trying to catch up on the hockey news today, there's so much that's happened that it's just been swept under the rug. Um, but they'd have to be. They would have to specifically. The person comes out of the coma and says, "Oh, what's happening in the hockey world?" And their friend starts talking to them, and they go, "No, no, no, no." I need two marginally funny Englishmen to tell me about it. <laughs> okay, is it, okay. Is it Liam Kirkland's just come out of this uh, atlas cover? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, to, listen to this then. Go on, Will. So, just, for, just for context. I mean, I'm going to attempt to describe the indescribable, but it is um, Eugene Melnick, renowned owner of the Ottawa Senators, had... Part-time vampire. Part-time vampire, part-time organ harvester, he is the man <laughs> you'll pro- probably know from the person who takes your blood when you're uh, at the Red Cross. Um, <laughs> it's just a direct line into him behind like a curtain. He's just sat behind a curtain <laughs> at the Ottawa Red Cross tent and they're just <laughs> taking the blood out and it's going straight to his body. No, where's that tube going? Ah, you don't want to worry about that. It's uh, just a big tub. It's just a big no, bath. Nobody knows. Um, yeah, no one knows. So Eugene Melnick yeah. is in is the star 
un- unequivocally the star, first name on the uh, first name on the ballot uh, of a six-minute interview with Mark Borowiecki, uh, third-pairing defenseman for the Ottawa Senators, part-time, <laughs> part-time <laughs> waiter at Cafe Britannia. Um, <laughs> oh, man, this is see. This is why this episode is going to take seven hours. It's not the volume of things we have to cover. It's our inability to cover even one point of it. Um, they're having to sit down. Um, Fuck, I'm sweating already. And, <laughs> and in the words of Mark Borowiecki in the first moment of the video, should we talk some hockey? <laughs> this, video, this video is the most ridiculous. Like so, it it has like a fade in. It goes from like the the senators logo. It fades in. They're sitting in two two chairs. Melnick on the right, Borowiecki on the left. Borowiecki's in like golfer attire, so he's got a polo shirt, some trousers, whatever. Eugene Melnick is is on his right, leaning back in his chair as far as I think Eugene Melnick can, and he's wearing yeah. a. What I'm going to wager to be a four seasons out of date Senators jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and that's yeah, just the start, folks. That's just the start. It just they're they're trying to imitate. I think they're trying to rip off our style, really, where we just start and start chatting absolute breeze, but they lack the ability to do so. So it's just it seems like they've been speaking. And Borowiecki just says, so, should we talk some hockey then? In the most wooden yeah. performance I've ever seen in my life. It's meant to look like they've been talking for 20 minutes and then a cameraman surreptitiously sneaks up to them and just turns a camera on like they had no idea he was there. Because they're already talking before the fade-in starts. It's so fucking bizarre. I am, it's so I, bizarre. I had to work out what they were talking about beforehand, and you could just catch Melnick tailing off and saying, so that's how I stole all those children's organs. <laughs> and Borowiecki very awkwardly, like a man who didn't want to be lectured on how to remain immortal, um, <laughs> tries to steer the <laughs> steer the conversation to the only topic that links. I, I feel that this is... Both the longest and possibly the first conversation that Mark Borowiecki and Eugene Melnick have ever had. I put, I think, you know what? I bet I bet one of Melnick's advisors said, OK, we're going to get one of the players to interview you. And he said, OK, yeah, cool. And so Mark, Mark Borowiecki's already sat, there, already sat there waiting for Melnick to turn up. And then when Melnick gets there, he turns to his advisor and goes, I, th- I thought you were going to get one of the players. He's like, no, no, we have. That's, he's one of your players. Oh, really? Oh, OK, then. Like, thinking he's just some dude off the street or something. The, fair, the only player he what, knows is Matt Duchesne. Yeah, to be fair, what should have happened was, like when hockey players do anything out in public, Borowiecki should have had all his gear on. Otherwise, how would you recognise them? No, you couldn't, like, you know, like, couldn't possibly. Whenever they do like uh, promotional photos, hockey players always have to wear their whole gear, everything. Otherwise, you're like, who's he again? Oh, he plays hockey. Right, okay, okay, cool. Now I get it. I'm going to say... Oh, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. No, I, just, I was going to say nothing of any worth whatsoever. <clears throat> I will say, and I'm, I'm going to, I was, I couldn't decide whether to do this or not, Will. I'm going to drop one of my amazing accents now. So you ready? In I don't think best, anyone's ready. No one's ready. In my best Sopranos voice, Marnik's got some fucking balls, I'll tell you. <laughs> because the fucking balls on this man to do this video... 
tell you, he, he must have fucking harvested some fucking bull bollocks or something. Because Jesus. He, he just thought, just, you know what? Everything that I've said, fuck it. I'm going to say the opposite. And you know you know how, um, you know why Borek had to do that gig, don't you? Because I think they had, a, they had an inter-team game of Fortnite and he lost. He was the first one out. Yeah, like, right, first one out. First one out does the interview. And he, that was it. But he got sniped across the map. It's obviously part of his community service. <laughs> yeah, what, what actually was happening in the fading was, was that Melnick went, so what are you up to after this, what are you up to after this then, Mark? Oh, I've got to go serve a fish and chip down this local, this local cafe, Norwich. All right, cool. Yeah, no worries. Anyway, should we talk some hockey? Yes. And off they go. <laughs> so... Can't, so Mel, what are the key points you took away from this one, then Dan? <laughs> right, I took. I did actually take a few notes, believe it or not. Did you? I, um, I only I only watched it today. I've been I've been saving myself. I didn't want to get any spoilers, like a <laughs> like a big like the next lit Marvel some candles. film. Lit some candles. Turn the lights down. Oh, here we go. At the house to yourself. <laughs> I was uh, I was combining my two favourite things, which was the Ottawa Senators and putting washing out. So if I'm not living my best life, I don't know don't know what I'm doing really. really. So I thought you're gonna go like big willy, like full on big willy style. Gonna turn the lights down, get some candles, maybe a glass of wine. Oh, let's go! And off to a Senators video. I can't Start wait. fucking cranking it to YouTube, Melnick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh right. Oh, Christ, some of the things. Borowiecki says, "Okay, it's really good. You know, it's time for all the team. It's time for all the team to gel together." And I was thinking, "Yeah, but half this team's not going to be here. Like, they're going to be all new players in a couple of weeks or something." Which I thought that at the time. Obviously, clearly now, even more so today, with what's happened. Melnick was amazing. He said, <laughs> "He said, let's clear something up right now. I'm not going anywhere." Then. Borowiecki kind of laughs like he's in like one of those like he's been held hostage in one of those faces of death videos before he gets beheaded uh-huh. and then he says and then he says and also the franchise isn't going anywhere that's like totally solid <laughs> is it Eugene it doesn't sound very solid after you threatened to leave last year was it in the was it the winter classic yes oh a lot of people are saying that the franchise is going to move yeah yeah a lot you of people like you <laughs> 50% of the people involved in this interview have said that the franchise is going to move in a recent survey between two people in this room, 50% found out they might be moving this team. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, you. I'd, I'm just glad that he didn't compare him to McDonald's. I'd actually, no, oh, I'd say, I'd, I wish he had. I wish he'd said, when you own a McDonald's franchise, <laughs> you have to stick with that franchise. And you, even even if one down the street is doing much better than you are, you have to, to grind. Like... <laughs> This is the thing. In the video, they talk about, like, oh, it's not about the amount of skill you have. We want a team that's going to work hard sort of thing. You know, obviously, there are skilled players, but it's, we're going to win this based on based on hard work and the right culture. And and this is a guy who who wasn't having the success that he wanted at a team, so wanted to move to somewhere where he'd get better success and not work hard to try and make it better. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, mate. Is, he says, it is he says it's not about. He said it's not about one player, two player, or even three players, which is unbelievable considering the whole talk has been about their three best players. 
And he did say, he did say the word, Melnick did say the word rebuild. He did say the R word. So he said the big R. Like that, the fact that he went to three, like, that we, we can't skip over that because that is just incredible. Like, that's such a, a su- not even subtle way of saying, like, yeah, they're all going to go. I'm not paying any of these motherfuckers. Like, I fucking hate in my, you all. In my- in my head, I, I would, or if we couldn't see off screen, I was hoping he was counting on his fingers. He went, it's not about one, Carlson, two, Stone, or even three. Duchesne, yeah, three, it's three. Or even three players. <laughs> like, in his, he's just doing quick math in his brain. How many of these guys do I hate again? Oh, it's three, that's right, yeah, three. <laughs> like, robbing bastards. They're all going. I, I wish it wasn't a video interview so that he, he had the ability to have three, like, picture headshots of Carlson. Duchesne and Stone in front of him so he can go one finger shot, two finger shot, three <laughs> finger shot. They're all dead. Oh, there was an amazing thing as well that Melnick um, basically politicked Borowiecki's dick off because Borowiecki says about, oh, you know, like we're thinking about what outside resources can we get, what help with the team. 30 seconds later, Melnick's not even answering the question. He's just talking about what Mark was like when he was a younger player helping the rookies. And I thought, he's not even answered that question. He's just completely, like, he started to answer it. And then after 10 seconds, was talking about young players. And then 20 seconds later, it was all about how great Mark was helping rookies. I thought, oh my God, he's such a fucking politician. He's, he's such really, a politician. Even with that question that Borowiecki's asked, like, he's basically saying, like, oh, we're going to need some help getting this team to to get along. He's, he's like saying, yeah, yeah you want to you wanna have a good culture, but we don't have a good culture, Eugene. <laughs> So you're gonna yeah. have to help us do that, and oh, and and the bit where he's talking about, oh, um, this season we're gonna have basically ten brand new players, you know, players who have played ten games or less in the league, or, or you know, rookies outright, and then next year we're probably gonna have about sixteen new players. And it's, just, it's like, oh, tell that to one of your current players, are you? Oh, you know. Oh, mate, it's um. It's a shambles, Dan. It's an absolute shambles. He said. He said as well. He said, "I know." Okay, so clearly stuff was happening prior to today with the Carlson trade that it was going to end up happening at some point. But he said, and he said at some point, "Oh, you know, well, we're loaded up with draft picks, ignoring the fact that a they're not, and b they haven't got this year's first rounder, but potentially the most important pick in the franchise's history." Yeah. Oh my Christ! Come on, come on then. Let's let's have a little look. Let's debunk Eugene, shall we? How uh, how? Well, I, did, I did this yesterday. So before yet before today. Yesterday, sorry. So yeah, before today they had twenty two picks over the next three years, which is one more than the average. So for him to say that <laughs> <they're> loaded, <laughs> loaded, loaded for picks, loaded for picks. To be fair, over the and next again, two years they do have four picks. In the sixth and seventh rounds. <laughs> loaded. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely loaded. Like, Jesus Christ. They still don't have a first this year. Like, I no. But no, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait because we're gonna very easily transition into um Yeah. Talking about that trade. Like this is oh my god. Something else as well. So I mean I do, I do feel for Borecki. I mean, clearly he, you know, he mustn't have wanted to do this. I can't imagine for one second he would have wanted to do this. Oh yeah, no one wants to speak to their boss, let alone when their boss is an organ harvesting, vampire. franchise moving van- vampire man. Yeah, exactly. 
and then again today, like um, uh, yes, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Oh, is it today? Uh, the golf. Anyway, there's like the, the Senators golf tournament, and, and Borowiecki's like everyone's there. Even Carlson was there. You know the charity talk golf thing, and he says, "Oh well, it's cool right now to dump on this team, right? That's the cool thing to do online." Mark, like <laughs> people aren't dumping on the team because it's a fun thing to do. People are dumping on the team because you keep giving us reasons to. Well, not you, but the owner and this. <laughs> To be fair, he's definitely contributing to it. Well, yeah. Keep giving us reasons to dump on the team. People aren't doing it because it's fun. People are doing it because it needs to happen. Because we can't not. (laughs) Because that's the only way you can discuss the team. Like, yeah. That poor guy. That poor boy. And and Melnick talking about having loads of rookies. Like, yeah, let's get all the rookies in the lineup. Like, mate, that's just child abuse, isn't it? This huge, this huge pipeline of rookies we've got to come through. If if the draft age was any any lower, they wouldn't legally be allowed to play in Ottawa until they were eighteen. <laughs> Can I just any anything else to add? Because I've just got one more thing, which was just again, you're not gonna. I don't even know if you know this or not, but it's unbelievable. I'm a I'm a bit. So, I wanted to say something about Eugene's outfit. I forget what it was. And obviously, oh it's not that yeah, important. The fact he's, is it he's rocking this suit and tie underneath his jersey? No, it's more to do with that. his trousers or his socks or something. Hold oh, on. really? Let me, let me, you you say what you want to say, and I'll see if what I want to say is worth saying. <clears throat> well, pay attention there, because this is also unbelievable. Oh, I'm going to be paying so, all sorts of attention. Don't you worry about that. Oh, of course. Yeah. All I ever do is pay attention. All of the attentions, I'll be paying that. So, you know, in the video, at the end of the video, they had the hashtag Ottawa Rising. Um, no, I didn't. A few years ago, Ottawa Rising was a hashtag that was used to promote raising awareness of violence towards women. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. That's just... I was like, fuck! Just... And what does Ottawa... What does that mean? Rising... I mean, rising from the shittest part... The shittest being the shittest team in hockey? Rising from the ashiest but... ash that's ever ashed. Yeah, I fucking oh god, and just using that hashtag as well. Like, there's no one do that. I mean, to be fair, they don't because there's only like five people who work in the front office now. I mean, to be fair, fucking Eugene's probably in charge of the Twitter account, isn't he? At this point, <laughs> it's it's more Borowicki. <laughs> he was doing the editing as well on the camera work. He had a little small, he had a small little remote control down his pants. It was it was all done on a camera, all done on a selfie stick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a green screen designer. Green screen designer. I was hoping they green screened one of each other in. So Mark's just sat there talking to nobody. And then at some point, Malnick comes in and, talk, and talks to nobody. And then just paste them together. Mark, Mark, like, Mark. Uh, like fucking Henry Cavill's top lip in <laughs> Justice League. Because he has, yeah, that's Tash. And he, he, didn't, he couldn't shave the moustache off. Mark's uh, borrowing he's talking to Matt Duchesne in a mocap suit. <laughs> No, it's Andy Serkis <laughs> playing Eugene Melnick. <laughs> oh, cap. He's the best guy. He's the best guy. He's played Gollum. He's played fucking King Kong. He can play Eugene Melnick, no problem. Listen, Mr. Stone, um, my client cannot afford to pay you past the 2018-2019 season because all of his assets are tied up in a very costly green screen exercise. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the, the, the retainer for Andy Serkis. You know the old saying, no man is an island, but if you tie lots of dead ones together, they make a pretty good raft. 
and somehow Barry Trotz is keeping his island men near the top of the Metro Division. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I've got to throw that in there. So I've just seen a, a big old. Oh, look at this motherfucker. Hello, mate. What is it? It's like a beetle type thing. He's moving mad oh. slow and he's making me feel all. some kind of way. And he's right. Oh, hello. Oh, fucking hell. What's happening? He's flying. No way. Oh shit, where's he fucking gone? Oh god almighty. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Breaking news here, folks. Breaking news. There's a fucking bug in the world. Where's he gone? Will Everett, killed by Beale. Where's he fucking gone? Maybe he's trying to assert dominance. Maybe he didn't like your Crosby tape. He's already asserted dominance, mate. I'm not going to accept it. I feel very vulnerable. Where are you, young man? Oh my god. He, he flew up as well. Right, hold on. Sorry, I've got oh, a, this is some I've got account for his whereabouts before I can carry on. Or it's no, that's fine. So I, I, I don't know what he is. It's... You can't take a photo because it never does it justice. You need you'd need something to scale. So you'd he's... have to like put you put, get a shoe and put it next to us. I mean, he's not that scale. big, but he's big enough that I was like, oh well. Two seconds ago, apparently you had Godzilla in the room with you. Well, now I mean... it's just a beetle. In case you're not aware, Dan, I am a stick of a man. So, um... And apparently prone to hyperbole as well. Well, it's, uh, what can I say? I didn't get this far in life without hyperbole. Oh, dear. Ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, prepare for Will's impending death from, uh, from, said, from said flying beetle, how about we look at some top li- the top line in hockey? The best top line in hockey, Will. The, the top is top line in hockey? The top is top line in hockey. Oh, yeah. I think him. Sorry, he came for me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he flew right at me. <laughs> so <I'm... laughs> this, this fucking show. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm genuinely sorry. I was, I was trying to snap. He came out of the woodwork. I was trying to snap a photo of him. <laughs> The flash went off and he came for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here he is. Here, oh, Christ, he's going to be perfect. As long as he doesn't come for me again. Just catch it, Will. I'm not, I'm not catching Just... it, mate. He's going to He's gonna eat me alive. Oh, there we go. Right. Right, back to the schedule program. That's me shutting the window. developed today that I found out about was that an angry Preds fan sent a catfish, a dead catfish, to the NHL office. Did you hear, Did you know this? I did see this, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's give the credit here where it's due. Uh, Briley Meeks was the uh, was the fan who sent the dead that's, catfish. That's not a name. Briley Meeks. I'm assuming that's a girl. But Briley. As far as I know, Briley's a girl's name. I don't know what it's B-R-I-L-E-Y. Yeah, I don't want to get caught out. Yes, it says here she. I didn't want to get caught in one of those Alex situations where I say she and it turns out to be a he. She even, this is amazing as well. She even checked as well if it was okay. So she was really, really, really angry, but not angry enough to not totally lose it and kind of think rationally. Whereas when I get angry, or maybe you get angry, we do that man thing. Do you know what it is? Yeah, there you go, you see. It's because she's a woman, she's smart. She thought about it first. (laughs) 
Whereas a guy would have just sent in, you know, the guy would have done the, the, uh, the Unabomber and just sent like a letter <laughs> on to the post or something. Where a woman's like, no, no, that's really bad. I'll send a fish. And then when she has to ring up, like she rang, she said she rang UPS to see if it was like illegal and stuff, <laughs> which is amazing. I think it's amazing because she's shipping it to Canada. So obviously it's going across international lines and all this kind of thing. <laughs> she didn't want to get caught with the uh, with the income, uh, the import tax or anything like that, or any customs charges. Oh, it's amazing. And she also maybe that's wrote... maybe that's oh. why it was dead. She wanted to send a live catfish, but she found out that that sending a dead one was was easier, sort of logistically and and legally wise. Yeah, it reminds me of the guy last year who who snuck. Was it the squid into the uh, into the Preds game and he'd like put it in his pants and stuff? And, like, no, it was it was, a, it was a catfish, wasn't it? Because was that was the whole was yeah, that was the whole Sorry, thing. It was a catfish. Where did I get squid from? But you know, I got I got squid from that girl on Puck Super was talking about. She'd smuggle a squid in her bra if she had to smuggle something into a game. <laughs> was that the um? Was that the Puck Bunny one? Or no, it was Daniel. No, I can't remember it. Do you know what I'm doing? That horrible. thing? Oh, Erin, uh, Erin Dark. Erin, that was it. Erin Dark, yeah. And she said like she'd smuggle a squid in her bra, which oh, I like that line just creased me up. But yeah, was, yeah. So the Preds fan last year who snuck the catfish in his pants, he'd like was it down his leg or something like that, and he'd like run over it in his car first to make it flat and stuff. To flatten it down, and he put it in like a bin bag or something so it didn't smell. And <laughs> tell you, these Preds fans are amazing, aren't they? These Preds fans are amazing. Sending just fish everywhere, just fish flying through the mail in pants. <laughs> it's all going off. Amazing is definitely one way of putting it. I think that's a, a relatively... It's a goalie interference of descriptions for their actions because it's so open to interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe it? It's just... In, it's insane. It's amazing. It's bizarre. It's fabulous. I love the... I love the thought process that she must have gone through. Like I say, she's pure age, but also with a hint of reasoning that, well, okay... I want to show that I'm annoyed, but not that annoyed that I want to hurt them. I just want them to kind of be inconvenienced. I want them to be a little bit annoyed. So I'm going to send them a fish, a dead fish. And she said as well, at the end of the quote, she says, I want to clarify there was no ice in the cooler. I wanted it to be disgusting. Which is <laughs> that, even that, even that is amazing, is an amazing quote. Briley Meeks, you are the star of the week on this show, in my opinion, <laughs> for your efforts. <laughs> the inaugural star of the week. That's a little bit psychopathic, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why I pre- that's why I appreciate it. <laughs> Jesus, Will, <laughs> you've not paid any attention to anything I've said over these past God knows how many months. Like, how can you not? How can you not appreciate this woman's effort? And and it's- as well to make the conscious effort to not put ice in the bucket to, in the cooler to make sure it's even more disgusting. This is it? It's so meticulously that. thought out. It's, I don't know, why wouldn't you just, I wonder who she sent it to the attention of. That's was it, question. was it directly sent to Bettman or was it just to, you know, to, you got to think because the, the person who received that catfish is probably just like the mailroom person at the NHL offices. Probably some like <laughs> sweaty, greasy teenager who's just working there for a bit of money. Probably doesn't even like hockey. And they're having to deal with this stinky, stinky catfish. Yeah, well, it went, it went to it went to Toronto. Maybe she just maybe she just wrote like War Room Toronto, like War Room NHL Toronto on it or something like that. I don't know. Like two goalie office. interference gods. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea as well. It's you know what? It's always the same with these letter bombs. It's always the it's always the uh, the person who least deserves it getting hurt. You know, it's never the victim that the uh, the attacker wants, is it? And just some, 
I can just see some kind of film where the lad opens the box and it's slow motion and he just recoils in horror and he's like, no, like it, like it's a bomb, but it's just a dead fish. <laughs> Ends up vomiting over his brand new shoes. There's that like really slow orchestral music they play like, at the start of Saving Private Ryan, that kind of, and he's just, <laughs> oh God, amazing. Yeah, Bradley Meeks, the inaugural star of the week on Two Brits, One Puck for her efforts. Fabulous stuff. I love it. Oh, oh, oh God. Matt Duchesne's just ruined my No Nut November by backhanding <laughs> a puck out of the air from the right face off dot past Anthony Stellars. I uh, should probably go and clean myself up. Have you ever seen those, you know, like Eat Well for Less or you know, shop shop well for less or get out of debt shows. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. There was one of those on and it was a couple who had both lost their jobs, which was fair enough. Not, you know, not nice. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, you were allowed to yeah, do that. They were renting um, and they got a two kids, two boys who were probably around 12 and about nine and they were talking about getting back on the property market, looking to buy a house. But their rent, their rent was, I think it was £1,800 a month. No. Where were they fucking living? <laughs> I don't know. Like I never a seven-bed mansion in, like, central London. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I had to... I I get crazily... It's When I met my wife, I said, the weird thing about me is it's little things that drive my emotions. So if some, something that can make me really happy or really angry or really sad, the big things, I just think, well, I've got to deal with this, so let's get on with it. It's always little things that seem to drive me insane. This show was making me so angry. I had to put my headphones in and drown it out. I couldn't even watch it. I was so frustrated because the bits I saw are just, oh, God. So they live in this £1,800 a month house. The woman says, you've got two kids. Why, you know, you don't really need a four-bedroom house. You're trying to save to get a mortgage. So why don't you live somewhere that's three bed? Because that's around a thousand pounds. So you that there's seven hundred pounds a month immediately. They could go into like a you know, a slush fund kind of thing. So they fucking um and are about that. But then this man, the dad, he he she the 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 woman said to him, Okay, can you show me what you would normally wear? What's your just regular outfit? And it was a pair of Converse, a pair of jeans, and a red polo shirt. Like the one fucking Hulk, Berg, Hulk Bergevin had on in the picture. Just the, just like that. Just a polo, not obviously that ripped, but... Yeah, it was just not as well-fitting as the Bergevin polo shirt. Yeah, and this and this was the thing, right? So he says to her, oh yeah, it's this, 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 and this. This whole, this outfit, trainers, jeans, and a polo shirt, cost him something like 210 quid for three Jesus items. Jesus Christ. So the woman says to him, Oh, well, I'll go and find you a cheaper alternative to this. So she comes back. Clearly she's been to Primark, but fucking who gives a shit? Whatever. And this new outfit costs something like 32 quid. So there's another 180 quid or whatever that he's saving. And he's fucking umming and ahhing, and he's not sure. And he walks in and says to his wife and says, oh, what do you think? And she goes, well, I'm not sure. And I just screamed, dude, you fucking look exactly the same. He looked exactly the same. And listen, I wouldn't mind if this guy looked like a contestant off fucking Love Island 
or The Bachelor or something. But he wasn't. He looked like a potato. He had a face <laughs> like a potato. Just middle-aged dad fucking... I mean, peak, peak dad bod. Just skinny girl arms and a fat belly. Just... And I thought, why the fuck do you care? Look at you. Clearly drank too much. Clearly smoked. Just the rigors of life had worn him down. And I just thought, oh, God, you fucking loser. You fucking idiot loser. Just... Can you not understand what's happening here? How do you get yourself in such a bad situation? Like he was they, they already built to be shopping at Natalan. <sighs> yeah, exactly. If you look like Ryan Reynolds or fucking Chris Hemsworth and they're making him dress in a sack, I'd have, I'd have said, well, yeah, that guy needs to fucking show himself off. Like, this is ridiculous. But no, this guy was just peak middle-class dad bod and it drove me insane. And the son had, the son had 10 pound like hair clay mold stuff. It was ten pounds a jar. And I said, and, and Sarah, how, I said, how old's this boy? He's like twelve. Jesus Christ. And I, I said to Sarah, I said, well, I said it to the TV via my wife. I said, that lad, no girl is gonna look at that lad any different anyway. Because 13, 14 year old girls, like 16 year old, 17 year old boys are at college. The girls who are at college, who are 16, 17, like lads who are 18, 19 who can drive. The girls who are like 18, 19, usually like lads who are kind of 22, 23, 24, maybe got their first house. You're 12, mate. Your 10 pound hair gel ain't going to do shit. <laughs> just fucking, just put mud in your hair. No one cares. No one cares how you look. He's at the age where he should like, be putting mud in his hair anyway. God. The mum looked like a bag of mashed potato. Just, I mean, just drained of any wishfulness of life. And they're talking to her about perfume that she spends £130 on every two months. No. Just saying white. And I was just thinking, how? How are you in this position? How can you be so fucking bad with money? How? Have you you seen that meme about... um, Someone who's like, I don't know if it's a meme or if it's real, but it's one of those things that the line's been so blurred through internetness that you just never know anymore. But it's yeah. like some guy on a uh, on like a money forum looking for financial advice. He's like, oh, please, I need help. My family's starving. And um, so I was like, oh, can you lay out your budget for me? And he's like, X amount on this, X amount on that. And then he's like, £5,000 a month on candles. <laughs> and someone's <laughs> like, have you thought about spending less on candles? That is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> just whenever I see it someone who's so like true. so self-inflictedly poor, I just think you're a fucking candle fiend. It was so true. They didn't want to move house either. I'm thinking, why are you renting a place for eighteen hundred pounds a month? That's insane. That's insane. It's, it's such a stupid. I, I know it's telly, and I know like it's blatantly a little bit scripted, if not completely scripted. But it's just that that thing of like, oh, we really need some help. Oh, here's some help. And no, we don't want that help. Now you yeah. mention it, I don't want to do anything to help myself. I couldn't, honestly. The dad just drove me insane. I, I, w- I wish I wish I had some kind of device where I could teleport myself into the television because I wanted to just punch him right in the face. And I'm not I'm not even a fighter. I'll try and defuse situations. I would have fought that man <laughs> over his principles of life because <laughs> I just couldn't handle it. Couldn't I'd have killed him it. and mopped up his blood with his £180 polo shirt. <laughs> Well, she's starting. Well, she got. Uh, that's all I've got to be honest. I um, so yeah, went for I quality over quantity. That's fine. I got two then. Um, I had Brian Boyle 
on hockey fights cancelled out in Pittsburgh, scoring his first ever hat trick. Come on, mate! What, which like, that's that must is fairy tale stuff, isn't it? I mean, sometimes, like you know, I'm I'm not a a believer in any kind of higher power, as you know. But <laughs> I was about sometimes to say things exactly happen. Yeah, sometimes things happen, and you think, hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a, bit too a guy who's had cancer scores his first ever hat trick on cancer can have awareness night. Either. Yeah, okay. To uh, to extend our podcast streak of talking about my dad, this is the sort of thing that I would say to my dad. God, isn't that a crazy coincidence? And he'd give me a wry smile and say, "You might think it's a coincidence, William." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd give you that all-knowing dad look and be like, "Coincidence? <laughs> yeah, all right, fine." Then pump I his chest to... twice and point to the point to the clouds, <laughs> like a nineties gangster. Well, like a, like a football player does after he scores a goal when one of his relatives have died. He's like, that was for you. <laughs> like, he, d- he just does it every time he, every time he schools me. <laughs> yeah, big man. I'm not avoiding it. You are avoiding it. Av- All right. You are All avoiding right. it a bit. Well, I'm not avoiding being right, Will. So. Oh, I've had enough. I've enough from going home. All right. Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves. Ovechkin's 20th on the season. Oh, Wilson got hit again. Yep. And I think it was Reeves that got him, wasn't it? And he's down. That hurt. They're going after anybody that they can find there. I'm not going to say, did you see it? Because even people who don't watch hockey have seen it. <laughs> have, you, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? So, well, you have... I'll, I'll give you the floor for your opening argument as to why you believe your opinion which is thus. Um, I think it's disgraceful. Like, it's absolutely disgraceful. What has happened is, um, you know, let, let's have a little thought exercise, right? We've had, um, we've had a player with no name who's been running around, taking cheap shots, hits to the head, dangerous plays, late plays, hits from behind, yada, yada, yada. Um, loathed league-wide apart from the uh, other 20 players on this team that's another question uh, loathed league-wide reviled by fans for his dangerous play people saying he should never be able to play in the AHL again that's fine player B comes along and performs a very similar <laughs> extremely extremely similar hit and f- for some reason uh, fans, fans around the world are getting semis over this solely because it was perpetrated against player A. Just because it's Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves is enacting some weird fetishized revenge on Tom Wilson doesn't mean that it's not a dangerous play and the sort of play that we need to be getting out of the league in the first place. What Ryan Reeves has done is Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson. I don't give a fuck that it's against Tom Wilson. He's still perpetuating that sort of dangerous play, those dangerous hits that we want to get out of the league. We can't, uh, on one hand, demonise Tom Wilson, throw the book at him, suspend him, say, oh, this is exactly the sort of thing that we don't want in the game. And then just because Ryan Reeves is good-looking, has a good social media presence and performs a dirty hit against Tom Wilson, then you know suddenly sort of admonish him and say, oh, well done, Reeves, you know, just because a bigger bully has come to beat up the bully 
doesn't mean that he's not a bully as well. It's just, I can't... The hypocrisy around it is just ridiculous. Are you done? No. But I want to let you... (laughs) I'm, I'm saving my energy for whatever nonsense you're about to spout. It's interesting that while you were talking, and I wasn't listening, I was lumbering up for my points, which was, uh, which was, which was thus. It's absolutely fine to bully the bully if the bully shows no remorse, no compassion, and no care and attention to his other fellow professionals. If Tom Wilson is not going to show care and attention to his fellow professionals and the league as as we pointed out last week it was bullshit by fucking George Paros and player safety and all that to not hand down some punishment on Tom Wilson for what he did while he was essentially I know he wasn't but at, like the argument we used last week on parole then what do they expect is going to happen as Ryan Reeves pointed out in his interview I know if he sees me He'll hit me first. I can't let that happen. Tom Wilson's fault, he has brought it all on himself, is he has now set himself out as somebody who will hit you from the blind side and not give a shit about you or your career or anything. And if he's going to do that, why shouldn't I do that to him? Because if I don't, if I don't, he might do it to me. Can we take a step back? Look at this this problem on a bigger scale, Dan. So say say as a country who uh, is <laughs> we go. Threat, we go. threatening to use chemical <laughs> weapons. Yes, and the UN says, as as everyone would agree, you know, chemical weapons bad. We don't like chemical weapons. That's naughty. And then they suddenly turn around and in and say, uh, in order to stop you from using chemical weapons, we are going to unleash chemical weapons upon you before you do it. What sort of a deterrent is that? Like, what sort of way of enforcing the law is that? Like, because you're just you're providing more example of the use of of that sort of force. And then, you know, the person who's then been victim to that sort of thing is, right, this is how you behave when you are, you know, the ruling class or whatever. All Ryan Reeves has done in this situation is shown Tom Wilson, right, this is what people do. There's another example of people doing it. I might as well carry on doing it because it's a thing. I don't think I could disagree more. (laughs) (laughs) If... I tried. All right, here's the thing. We're not looking at it as in Ryan Reeves ran over someone else. Now, if you were to, if you were to use a chemical weapons analogy, that's fine, okay? But you would have to say you would only use chemical weapons on that one person. Well, no, because no, that doesn't work. You, it would have to be that the person has already used chemical weapons, and then you use them on that one person to say, see, this is how it feels. It's fucking shit, isn't it? That's how you make people feel. Well, it's the same as when it's the same as when your kid does something, and you have to make a point and say to them, "Hang on a minute. If you do this, I'm going to do it to you." And they go, "All right then. Oh yeah, shit. Okay, yeah. I, I won't. I won't. I won't do that then." So this is the same. So your your daughter 
She's at school. Gets into a fight, hits another kid in the face. <laughs> You're saying yeah. you, you take her home and you lamp her one on the chin. So, no. Is that... If my kid at school, right, if my kid at school hits another kid in the face and the teacher tells her off and she's, you know, she gets a lesson at home, we have a big chat, blah, blah, blah. She's suspended for a week. You can do it like, like this is direct. You've really shot yourself in the foot here. This is you've really plexico burished yourself with this because this is a direct comparison. She gets sent home for a week, and then I say to her, "You've learned your lesson. Yes, you won't do it again. I'll try to be a better player. I'll try to be a better daughter." Sorry. <laughs> she then goes back to school, and three days later, she pushes a kid over, and the kid falls on their face. If another kid then walks up to my daughter and smashes her in the chops, that's her fault. That's her fault. She deserves it. Tom yeah, Wilson. I don't know. Oh, am I going to say? No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm doubling. I'm tripling down on this. He deserved that because he does not give a shit about any other player in this league. Clearly. Well, if it wasn't for the fact, right, if Ryan Reeves did it to Ovechkin to prove a point to Tom Wilson, that's really stupid. And I would say, yeah, that's a stupid thing to do. That's a really dumb idea and a stupid idea. But because he's done it to the guy who did it, I'm fine with that. You you deserve that, Tom Wilson, because you're a fucking prick. And you have shown no remorse and no care or attention to anybody. So why should any other player show the same care and attention to you? Oh, but then, like, this is a problem. You can't just isolate it to certain players. Like, if we want to get... You absolutely can't. No, if, you you if you want to get dangerous players out of the game, if you want to get head hits out of the game, if you want to get blindside hits out of the game, if you want to get fucking anything, you can't just then say, oh, well, if the goons want to do it to each other, that's absolutely fucking fine. Because it's not going to stay in that isolated little bubble. Tom Wilson has already proved this. And Ryan Reeves going out and blindside, blindside hitting Tom Wilson is, like... Again, I'm I'm repeating myself, but clearly it has to be done. It's perpetuating that sort of behaviour and those sort of actions on the ice and thus making it more acceptable because it happens more regularly. If you want to get rid of head hits and dangerous play, you have to get rid of it for everyone, no matter who's who's performing the hit, no matter who's receiving the hit. Like, I I don't care if you put Scott Stevens back out there and then put Eric Lindros on there and say, right, give him a fat shoulder to the to the chin and center right. like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It's not how you progress as a sport. It's not how you change opinions and you change behaviors by having these caveats and and allowing specific instances to go without repercussion. It's not a good thing that. I forget which Devils player it was, but it's not a good thing that he didn't get that Wilson didn't get suspended for for blindsiding that Devils player the other day. But it's it doesn't mean that what Reeves did to Wilson is is any better. I'm not saying it's better, but I don't disagree with it Look because on. at some point, at some point, if the league is not going to do the right thing the players are going to police it themselves. Maybe, maybe, if, yeah, like you say, if, if if Tom Wilson had got an additional suspension or he hasn't had his sentence reduced or whatever, yeah, clearly this wouldn't have happened. And if he'd have come back and been clean up to now and this had happened, fine. Yep, yeah, Ryan Reeves, that's a bad play. But I'm telling you, even even then, people would still have been saying Ryan Reeves did a good thing. Because Tom Wilson needs to be taught a lesson. 
I get it. I get it. It's not a great thing. You shouldn't be blindside hitting people. But there are absolutely exceptions to the rule. And Tom Milton's an exception because he is that kind of player. And he needs to learn that he... How else is he going to learn? He's clearly not learned already. He got a 20-game suspension, reduced to 14, and seven days after he comes back, he blindside hits a guy. How else is he going to learn? It's the league's fault. They should have then done something. Yes. But every single player is looking at Tom Wilson, thinking, I'm going to have to hit you first, because you're clearly going to hit me. Because he's done it fucking like eight times or something. There are exceptions. If you... If you... Right... If you, well, I, had this, I had this example last week about, you said about mugging somebody and like, I said, oh, well, you know, if you went to jail for armed robbery or something. If you beat up a guy in the street and then his mate comes along and beats you up, that's your fault. You shouldn't have beaten up the guy in the first place. I get it. The police then will do something about your mate as well, who's then beating up, the, uh, beating up guy B. Yeah, that's fine. Everyone's going to get told off. But... <laughs> I can't, I can't believe that you can't believe that the players are going to take the law into their own hands when the league fucking pusses their way out and making, making a tough decision, which they should have done with Tom Wilson. I, I completely understand why it's happened, but I'm saying it's not right. Your, your example of someone getting mugged and then having getting beaten up by their mate, that's not what's happened here. It's not like Wilson performed that blindside hit of the devils and then one of the other devils came and jumped him and fight, fought him. Like, I don't, I don't even care. You could like have him on the ice and punch him in the face. Fair enough. But the, what's happened here is somebody, you know, beats somebody up in the community, goes to court, doesn't get sent to jail, is then re- released, and then some other random person is like, right, now I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy because he did that to some other bloke. Like, it's not... The league have failed in their handling of the Wilson situation full stop, even dating back to the fallacy that was the farce with the um, with the arbitrator. But it's not on Ryan Reeves to, to enact some weird social vengeance upon him because we're going to end up in the... In, back in like the dark days of player policing games and have things like like you saw on Twitter this week uh, Pavel Bure that old clip of Bure like elbowing <laughs> Shane Churner in the head the mother of all elbows mate it's absolutely ridiculous and like that's the dark well, I'm not saying we're anywhere near that yet but that's the dark path that we're aiming our compass towards if, if we're saying that right the only way we can like deal with dirty plays is, is by having other players take care of them like that's how you end up with Martin McSorley like cracking um ah oh, what was his name I can't remember but the, the high stick on, on it wasn't Anson Carter it was someone else no. Anson Carter anyway. Was like, anyway whoever like that's how you end up with Todd Patuzzi and Steve Moore like it's not I understand why Ryan Reeves did it. I compl- I'm not that naive. Like I get it. I absolutely get it, and I understand why people think it's a good thing that Wilson got a taste of his own medicine. And there isn't an extent like I. I do get like that might be the way that he learns. But we have to look at these. Like we have to treat these instances just as badly as we would like the Tom Wilsons of the world, whether it's revenge or not. If we want to change the attitudes, if we want to change the behaviour patterns of these players, you can't pick and choose which ones you um, you punish and which ones you sort of ostracise. 
based on you know, perceived moral high ground. Now, I don't disagree with that. So, in my opinion, a blindside hit is its the worst... It's one of the worst, dirtiest things you can do in a hockey game because there's no way any player can ever protect themselves from a blindside hit. They just It's its physically impossible. And I know about, oh, yeah, you know, get your head on a swivel and blah, blah, blah. But no, it, it just doesn't work. If it's a blindside hit, it's a blindside hit. And I think from the league has to say any blindside hit on any player carries an automatic 10-game, 15-game, 20-game suspension, something like that. There's no grey area. That's it. There's no arbitration. There's none of this fucking, oh, well, if you look, he, you know, he moved his head at the last second, so maybe, no. And then maybe this wouldn't, maybe this wouldn't happen. But I got no problem. I got, it's because, and again, I'm saying this again, because it's, because it's Tom Wilson. I am absolutely fine with making an exception because it's him. I have no issue. Because he needs to fucking learn, and he's clearly not, he's clearly not learning by losing money, or by the league trying to say something to him, or by then thinking, "Well, oh, fucking hell, I got away with one there. I've actually got six games back and got I don't know seven hundred thousand dollars back in my pocket. I thought I was going to lose." He's not learning, so there's some way he's got to learn. And if it's Ryan Reeves coming at him, then I'm fine with that. So be it. For for me, and I I don't know if this is being a hypocrite at my own point like if if Reeves had gone out and fought him that would have been more acceptable for me personally especially where you know I agree because Reeves would have eaten him alive no it, it absolutely would have served the same sort of message he could have gone out there Not he, a could chance. Have, he could have Not instigated a he could have been shouting this is what you get for praying on the rest of the league and fed him nope. his lunch like no. Nope. Not a chance. Also, oh, so it's better to to interfere with him and give him a concussion, give him a brain injury, and and lead to the premature death of Tom Wilson. <laughs> Sorry, I want to say it. I don't want to say it. I'm really close to saying it. Like <laughs> fighting him would not fighting him would not have served the same purpose in any way. Because I, because and it, uh, this is something we've said before, and it's crazy. A fight in hockey, it's just a fight in hockey. That's nothing. Everyone plays fight all the time in hockey. Not as much now as you used to, of course, but they still fight in hockey. And if you fight Tom Wilson, oh, Tom Wilson got in a fight. All right, big surprise. But you blindside hit him. Now everyone's taking. Now everyone's taking note. And I will say, I will say as well, Will, you might be the only person I've seen who's not set. I know. Hooray! Like Ryan Reeves, you're the best. They're talking about setting up GoFundMe's if he gets fined. That's how much they love this the stuff. They like they're so happy mad, with it. Mad, mate. The world's gone absolutely mad. It's I, I can't. It's only because it's Tom Wilson. There's no doubt about it. I know, it. I know, absolutely. But and I, like I said, like I said last week, when he didn't concuss, it, it, there was no problems with the I can't, again. God, I feel so terrible forgetting that devil's player's name. But oh, there was it that. Yeah, it was a blindside hit, but it was like back shoulder, back shoulder, blah blah blah. But there should have been an exception made by the league in that situation. There should have been an exception, and they should have said to Tom Wilson, "Are you fucking kidding me? Here's another ten games." And if, one, if the arbitrator wants to fucking reduce it again, fine, we'll get a different arbitrator. Because you, you are just taking the piss now. And he's taking the piss so much. The players must be thinking of every team. 
every team, not just Ryan, not just the, the, the uh, not just the Golden Knights, but any team must have saw that and gone, yeah, that's what you fucking get. That's what you get, and that's what all the fans did because it's him. Only because it's him. And, and if, if if next week Ryan Reeves blindside hits fucking I don't know Sam Bennett or something, yeah, I'll be calling for his head because it's I, I, yeah, that's hypocritical. I get it. But there's exceptions to every rule. Tom Wilson's exception to this rule, absolutely. It just feels like a loss of a loss of reason on on behalf of, of the hockey community. And yeah, yeah, I'm in I'm in the minority, but um, yeah. A two a.m. fire alarm disturbed most of the Minnesota Wild, except for noted fat controller impersonator Bruce Boudreau, who opted to stay in bed. <laughs> And fucking Mark Bergeron must be fucking thrilled because once again Eugene Melnick's made him not look as much of an idiot. Oh my fucking god! Like I'd forgotten about Mark Bergeron. <laughs> you must oh, have yeah. seen that photo. Which one? The one of him absolutely jacked. Like look at the size of like Dave Batista. Mark Bergeron. Have you not seen this photo? Is it from like the past couple of days? Yeah, he's just like wearing. He's like in a car park with some other Canadians. Oh, with a t shirt on. Uh, yeah, I thought it was blue, but I might be making things up. Either way, he just looks enormous. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, what the fuck, innit? <laughs> he's absolutely tonk. Like, what has Mark Bo- Like, you know, players talk about turning up to training camp in the best shape of their life. I didn't know GMs were doing that sort of thing now as well. That's scary, isn't it? He's, been a, he's always been a well-built dude, though, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he's always been a big guy, like, but but the sort of big that you can hide underneath a suit. Like, he's going to have to cut all of the sleeves off of it, every single jacket that he owns now. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be in press conferences with torn-off sleeves. He needs to start doing his press conferences is like in like tartan checker vests, like tartan checkered vests, you know, the muscle vests that are like really thin. I want to see him start wearing a bandana like the guy from Biohazard. <laughs> Covered in gravy browning. Bronzer. Make his skin look darker. Maybe he's going to start cutting wrestling promos instead of, uh, instead of press conferences. <laughs> so, Mark... Uh... You trade away our best players. Can you let me tell you something, brother? I'll tell you why I trade away the best players, huh? <laughs> French Hogan. <laughs> oh my god. Do you know god. what's scary about that picture? This is what's scary about that picture is like that's a polo shirt. That's not a muscle t shirt. So muscle t shirts are cut a sewn together and cut a certain way so the arms are tighter. So when you wear it, like the chest is a bit tighter, it's in a bit, and the arms are tighter. No, that t-shirt is a fucking polo shirt, just a regular polo shirt. That is a fucking arm stretching it to fuck. Jesus Christ, he's enormous, like absolutely enormous. He could play Bane in a in a Batman reboot. (laughs) Clearly, um. Fucking! What is it with these fucking Canadian GMs? Fucking! Obviously, Melnick's harvesting organs. Obviously, Bergevin's fucking harvesting stem cells, like Christopher Reeve in South Park. 
What is that? Bring me more babies. Bring me more babies. I need to. I need to. Uh, thank you. I need the young cells. Yes. Yes. And he's just like. Rah! He's fucking <laughs> absorbing other people like cell out of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> fucking shout out Dragon Ball Z there. Jesus. They, Bloody hell. But um, in between um intense workouts, <laughs> Mark in found. In between Mark. In between Mark Bergeron eating those Nate Schmidt steaks, he's uh, got time to make trades. <laughs> oh, Nate, I have to go. I've got a phone call to make. Oh, don't, don't worry about it, Mark. I've got an appointment with the uh, random drugs test anyway, so I'll talk to you afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. So in between on, um, oh. thousand press-up reps that Mr. Bergeron was, was doing, he, he managed to find time. He managed... How does he use a phone with those muscly, muscly hands? Um, wow. He must have made out of iron or something. Well, the phones or the hands? The phone. So he can, so he can actually not like hold it in his hand and just smush it to a million pieces. It's like it's like the equivalent of, you know, those giant calculators you have for, for old people. <laughs> for old people, yeah. Yeah, but it's just from what I've because he keeps crushing his iPhone. Um <laughs> This is why we're we're knocking on two hours already. Um. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I'm having so much fun. I don't even care. I'm having so much fun. Bear with me here, folks. You may not have heard anything about this. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Okay. This Drop is unbelievable. some knowledge on them, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you ready for this? Ready for this hockey knowledge bomb? So, Matt Duchesne, Chris Weidman, Chris Tierney, Dylan DeMelo, Thomas Shabbat, Alex Formington, and Colin White are all in an Uber. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this, but it makes sense. Is that Uber, like the like, like Blair Witch Project, or Paranormal Activity, if you will, for the 21st century, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they have dash cams. And essentially, this found footage film of these seven Ottawa Senators um, players has come out, and they are all... Basically implying that they hate being with our senators, <laughs> and they also hate one of their coaches, Marty. And I've heard this pronounced both ways on two separate podcasts, Raymond or Raymond. Um, well, your thoughts on the latest absolute fucking shit show of Ottawa? I, I love the comparison to um, Paranormal Activity and the Blair Witch Project. So I'm really hoping <laughs> that in the next few weeks or months it comes out that it was all actually. <laughs> staged in order to cover up a bigger scandal that was currently going on in Ottawa. <laughs> like those seven players who just buried a body in the desert. Because it was in our, it was in like in between when they playing like Arizona and Vegas, like in between it was in between that, wasn't I it? I thought I think so. And they've just gone and buried a body. Like if someone's <laughs> Have you throw them off the scent? I know what we'll do. Get in this Uber quick. Someone's watching the video <laughs> and they're like, hold on, zoom in on that driver. Enhance, and it turns out I was playing Eugene Melnick driving here. <laughs> right, it's all right, Duchesne. We we know you killed that hooker in Vegas, but I've got a great idea of how to cover it up. Oh, it's not me and you in a video, is it, Eugene? It's much better than that, Matty boy. Yeah, it's a kind of video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's. God. Oh, mate. It's beautiful, isn't it? Like. I pray that it carries on forevermore. I hope that, like, because this isn't even much of a scandal. Like, let's be let's be honest about it. It's just a bunch of yes. ta- take away true. take away the 
the fact that they're an NHL team and they're NHL players and it's the other centers, let's say they work for... Anyway, let's keep them in Ottawa. Let's say they work for the local government. They work in whatever. They do a, an, an average to boring job like you and I do. And they're just moaning about their boss and the way that things are done at their job. Like, oh, core, isn't it ridiculous that we have to fill out a card every time we want an admin task done or something like that? Yeah, oh, core, bloody hell. Um, you know, Mike used the rest of the uh, rest of the milk in the fridge and didn't replace it. What a prick. That's basically all it is. But because they're NHL players, because they're Ottawa Senators players, and because of what they're saying, and it was caught on camera, it's like, oh my God, this is scandal of the century. Employees in a particularly bad situation for work are potentially disgruntled. What a shock and horror. I know. It is. I mean, I I said to you, we had a, we had a quick chat the other night, and I said to you, essentially here, there's no story, really. There's a little bit of a story. And like you say, you know, players playing on a shit team, A, don't enjoy playing for said shit team, and B, don't just enjoy the way things are going generally. That's just not a surprise. All right. I do like so, how I, Dylan DeMello and Chris Tierney are involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> like, six weeks into it, they're all said it was career, and they're like, oh, this is shit, innit? <laughs> it was so perfect, because I was just thinking... Those guys have just got there. They're already full-fledged Ottawa Senators. That's how you get ingrained in. This is like, I may, hey, maybe this was a, um, oh, what do they call Maybe this was like a hazing thing or like, a, <laughs> not an introduction. What do they call it? Yeah, like, a, like an a initiation. Yeah. Initiation, yeah. This is initiation. <laughs> like they just stood there like, I have to do what? I have, What? We're doing what? Why do I have to do I'm, this? Why do I have to do Because you're a camera? Senator now. We have to burn it all to the ground. There, there was a good good sort of spread of demographic of Senators players as well. So you had you had the new guys in Tierney and uh, Tierney and DeMello. You had yeah. Matt Duchesne, who is uh, already a central figure of the Ottawa Senators. And was it was it Colin White or Logan Brown, the, the young player? Colin White. Colin White. So you've got a young player who's potentially the future of the Senators. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, Chris Wyman chucking another D-man, why not? Um, you've got a perfect spread. If they had a goalie, if Craig Anderson was in there as well, that would be useful to sort of get the <laughs> complete their Yahtzee or bingo. But I think it was a pretty good spread of, of disgruntled Yahtzee. demographics. Yahtzee. Oh, all right. Okay, so like a million questions off this, but I'll start with this one. Is the tax, is the Uber driver a piece of shit for releasing that video? Yes. You know what? I'm curious to I'm curious to know how much he got paid for it. Because in my opinion, if he did it for free, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> if they said to him, David. if they said to him, we'll give you like we'll give you fifty large, I would say yes. Fine. I, th- I thought you just meant like fifty quid. I was like, come on, that's a bit. No, a bit like low, 50, 50 grand. Oh, this is it. I doubt they paid fifty grand for it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I complete. I don't believe that for a second. Because at that point, you're like, well. I'd be st- at that point he's stupid not to. I'd like to know how much money he got from it. Um, all right, what if he got two grand from it? Is that fair? See, you see, then I was thinking as I was saying that I was thinking, what amount of money would it take for me to release that? <laughs> Four pounds <laughs> seventy, one meal deal from Tesco. Yeah. <laughs> I need a sh- I need a shiny Croatia badge to fill up my World Cup sticker book. I'll take it. Can you pay for me to have my new ID photos printed at the kiosk <laughs> yeah. at the shop? 
I'm going to need a new Brexit passport. <laughs> Can you get one of them for me? Here's the thing. I think it's all well and good. The, pro- the problem is with hockey, and even hockey media, is it's such a boys' club, okay? And I understand it is shitty what... He shouldn't have done it. It's a bit shitty what he did. But he doesn't know these players. Why would he care about their... He doesn't care about them. Once he gets that video out and he gets his money... Now, bearing in mind that Uber may have stopped him doing something for this, but if he gets a sizable chunk of change that equates to, say, I don't know, two years fucking Uber driving or something, why wouldn't he take it? He's not a hockey guy. He doesn't know any of these people. It could be anybody. Mate, but I think I'd... because it's hockey, there's like this kind of groundswell of, oh, he's a fucking arsehole for doing it. Yeah, but is he? <laughs> like, really that bad? Considering I think, some I think... of the stuff we've seen. Go on. I was just going to say, I think $200 and up, and that's fair play. <laughs> that's, that's decent money. Like. I know. That's like, you know, say you got offered $500 for it. That's $500 for nothing. Like, it's like, yeah. do you, do you hey, want $500? Your life's, going, yeah, right. your life's going so good, you're driving a fucking Uber minivan for a living. <laughs> like, what the fuck's he... Like, if they flashed a grand in, what's he supposed to do? Especially as they were on the road. It's not even like they were... He's like a Senator's fan. He probably doesn't even know who they were. And I think as well as like once once the film's out there as well, you then can't graph the media if they post it as well. Because I saw people saying like, oh my God, how could you, how can you replay this video and blah, blah, blah. Like, don't give me that. Don't give me that. Because we all love that sneaky. Yeah, we love that sneaky behind the scenes, blah, blah, blah. And I think, I think... If it had been, if it had been something way worse, then fine, I could understand the outrage of how could he release this. But it's nothing. It's just now. I, okay, to Marty Raymond, it's not obviously nothing because they're slagging him off, and that's bad. But Jesus Christ, like the the things I've said in private conversations sometimes, and I thought no, like way worse, and and I. I and, <laughs> You know what's amazing is every I saw I think four scrum interviews after players not on the senators so just other teams. Oh, have you heard about the sort of senators thing? And you could see in all the players' eyes, oh, thank fuck this wasn't me. I'm so happy this was not me and it was them because everyone's done it. Everyone's done it. With uh, with, I just, I just, with Marty Ramon, I can't blame the guy for it. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Like, whatever. I'm glad he did it. <laughs> Thoroughly bad, <laughs> and with with Marty Ramon, like yeah, it's not nice to hear people slag slag you off. Like people that he probably thinks he has a good relationship with, I, I, I do feel for him in that sense. But at the same time, he does have to accept that he's a coach in the National Hockey League. Like yeah, his players probably aren't going to like him, like necessarily, unless you're like the palliest of all pally coaches, which I I'd imagine he's not because I think if he was, you'd have gotten. Oh, he's a nice guy, but he's a fucking shit coach. You know what I mean? Not, I haven't listened to him in three weeks. Like, not, I. what are we doing? I couldn't give a shit about what Ramon has to say. Like, I think he's got to yeah. accept he's going to, you know, like, like a teacher, you're not going to be mates with all your students. You're not going to be mates with all your players. Like, it's just how it is. I know. And if you're, 
Marty, Marty was coaching power play last year and it was really bad and he was coaching PK this year and it's really bad. <laughs> Do you know, it's not like... It's not it's like a good, good stats from back. <laughs> it's not like they're going in there saying things that aren't true either. What they're saying is true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a laugh, yeah, he, he sleeps over my little pony pillow. Yeah, or anything, or even something to do with hockey, you know. <laughs> and I just, I just feel this, this, this hockey boys club centric sort of thing came out more so for me this week in the media. I couldn't believe that they would like slate this guy for giving out this video when he's like clearly been paid a chunk of change for it. Over, and it's nothing. It's not like they're going in there saying like, "Oh my god, I couldn't believe a uh, fucking." Mike Hoffman's involved was involved in dogfighting. Like it's nothing like that. It's just yeah, my coach can be a dick. I don't really like him. I don't, I don't like Hoffman. being here. Yeah, Vic Hoffman. It was just it was just I don't like my coach much. That was it. It's just it's um, it's that's annoying really. When you break it down, it's whatever. But have you heard Dan, did... the apologies? Oh my god! <laughs> this they... is, do you know what? This more than anything, this more than anything was what riled me up. I was just about to say exactly that. First, it's it's first. Pissed me off to no end. I don't know who it was. I didn't have it attributed. I'd imagine it was Matt Duchesne. Um, I had a couple. I think it was three. Yeah, yeah, there were there were a couple. But like, just the way they're saying things, like, oh, you know, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm I'm sorry this ever happened. Blah blah blah. You know, have the utmost respect for Marty Ramon. Blah blah blah. All that just standard apology stuff. It's like no. No, 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 you are not fucking sorry. It's that standard thing of you're sorry that you got caught. You're sorry that everyone's talking about it. You're not sorry about what you said, like, because that's how you feel. Like, it was a, it was a private conversation. Yeah, to, to some extent, like, I'm sorry that you got outed for that. You, I wouldn't want every private conversation I have to be blared over the airwaves. But, like, <laughs> mate, don't, don't come out here and be like, yeah, you could have you could have apologised in a way that was like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'm sorry that Marty had to hear it, and we'll we'll try and refrain from from talking that way about him in the future. But to say you're sorry you ever said it, like, nah, that is not. It's not true, douche. One of yeah. them said. One yeah. of them said they loved Marty as a man and the coach. Well, there I you was go. just fucking livid. <laughs> You fucking liar. You absolute liar. Now, if that's the team stance and they've been told to say that, fine. Then okay. For the good of the team, you got to say that. All right. But that's just pure bullshit. Like you just said, you go out there and you you spin it into a way that as a, as a human being, Marty is a great man. I am sorry that I said those things behind his back. Because you are. You should have said them. They should have said them to his face. They should have had conversation. I mean, oh, well, to be fair, maybe they did. We don't know. Maybe they've said to him in training, Marty, can we try this? Can we try this? And he's gone, no. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck you then. They've gone straight from hey. the practice facility where they've said to him, <laughs> to the Uber. Marty, yeah. you are the worst <laughs> coach in the league. Like, <laughs> word for word, everything they've said, they've said to him, I haven't listened to a single bit of your coaching in three weeks, Marty. I wish I, if I, if I wasn't obliged, contractually obliged to turn up to your video sessions, I wouldn't. And then hop to the Uber and then repeat it all. Fair play. <laughs> 
<laughs> they even started out with the com- they even started out there was a little team meeting between Marty and No Seven and even they even started out with now Marty look we love you as a guy okay we we think you're a great human being you're obviously a great father great husband we love you you're awesome but you're a fucking terrible coach Marty okay you're terrible I don't Lost. like this you're the only coach in the history of the NHL to have the worst power play and the worst penalty kill in the same calendar year <laughs> did you know that Marty do you know that it's oh, terrible oh, no I did not Mr Duchesne and at the end, of, yeah, at the end of the scrum, Marty just says, "Okay, okay, we've cleared the air. What are you boys up to tonight? Ah, oh, Rafael, we're gonna go get an Uber. See you later, Marty." And then, yeah, you say straight from there to the Uber and go. Oh my, my <sighs> phone's out of battery, Marty. Could you call the Uber for me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. And then to come out in the scrum and say, you know, you love him as a man and a coach. You fucking liar. You just look stupid. You absolute stupid. snakes. You just look absolutely stupid. The year was 1923. The Montreal Canadiens win their second Stanley Cup. The silent movie, The Covered Wagon, is the highest grossing movie, and Patrick Marlowe was born. This week, he celebrates skating in a fuck ton of games. I love the idea as well, is that you, you're the. Because when, when stuff like that happens, you think, oh God, is this, is this how it ends? Me just lying in bed. Me just lying in bed with numb arms. All right, screw it. It's it's our show. We can go as long as we want. Quick little aside: it was me and my mum growing up, and like my, we were dirt poor, so I never got, never went on holiday anywhere. My aunt and uncle had a bit of money saved up, and took me on holiday with them and my cousin, who was a bit younger than me. So we went to went to Corfu. One night, my uncle's had too many shandies, so he takes off his jeans as dumb British people abroad I want to do. And he's oh, walking, what? we're walking back to the apartment down a road and he's just in his boxer shorts. So nothing else. It's like, you know, to be fair, looks like he's just got shorts on. So me and my cousin did the same thing. I was about 14. I think he was probably 12. And there was, it was like two o'clock in the morning or something. And then we saw car headlights. So for some reason, instead of just pretending we had shorts on, we all panicked and tried to get our pants on as soon as we could before the car got there so as we're putting our pants on in the middle of the night this car's getting closer and closer i cannot i cannot get my pants on i don't know why something must have happened to my legs in the meantime they expanded on my jeans couldn't get my couldn't get my couldn't get my jeans on instead of just standing there and like just whatever ignoring the situation i decide to step over a rail and hide behind a bush thinking, well, if I just climb behind this bush, it's fine. Unbeknownst to me, the rail is there because on the other side of the rail is a 20-foot drop down essentially a rock face. I go down this 20-foot drop. Oh, my God. I swear to God, there's pictures somewhere. Halfway down the 20-foot drop, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, this is how it ends. Me on holiday on Corfu, just my pants, (laughs) like a dick. Not in some cool, (laughs) like... Yeah, he died. He ran into that burning building to save those orphans. He got them all out, but he succumbed to the smoke. No, just me in a dick in my skiddy pants, my skiddy 14 year old pants. Down a rock face in Corfu. Dude, it messed me up as well. It's so bad. I I had so your it's like it's your right arm. If you put your right arm on top of your head, it stretches out my tricep area, all underneath my armpit, and then all down my rib cage, the skin was gone. Because I just slid. So the next day, I went to bed, and I I couldn't like 
it was so sore. It was so sore. I can't even tell you. Washed it. I was like, I was in tears, legit, bawling my eyes out. Crack. The pain was unreal. Next day, wake up. Thought I'd had a wet dream or something. No, it's just all the seepage from my wound that was just like the bed was soaking wet. I thought I'd piss myself or something. I don't know. We go to the doctor who's on the island, and he proceeds to rub iodine into it. And then he says, right, you have to go and get in the sea now. So I'm now, I've just been crying again because he's scraping like gravel and little bits of, of stone out of my skin. So he goes, you're right, you have to go and get in the sea now. I go into the sea. I'm I'm now crying again. <laughs> the pain is unreal. But that was it. It was just, I just thought the same thing. I'm going to be one of those idiots who's like wins a Darwin Award from dying stupidly. Oh, mate. That sounds like the most dreadful thing that's ever happened to anyone. It was awful. It was awful. And it just ruined the holiday. Because my auntie and uncle had like spent all this money taking me over there. And they just assumed when I got back that my mum was just going to go fucking ballistic. Like, how can you take my... Like, look at my son. Look what you've done to him. You're not protecting him. That, that kind of thing. And my mum was just like, what happened? So I told her. She just went, you fucking dick. What were you doing? <laughs> it's not my own fault, you know. The 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 question the question begs who was in the car? What was what was the car up to? <laughs> Didn't I even wonder. stop. Couldn't get <laughs> I'd love to be driving that car as like a Corfu local or something, like oh there's some fucking tourists on the beach or whatever. Are they they got their like are they just in their pants? Are they trying to put their jeans back? Oh, one of them's just jumped off the fucking cliff. What the? But like you get over like, I bet you've like messed should somebody up. Should like, we, that kid in his pants. No, just, the... just keep driving. Keep driving. It's a trick. Look at the robbers. They're going like man and uncle are like, help, help, he's fallen down a cliff. Just keep driving. Keep driving. It's a trap. <laughs> All like they probably convinced themselves it didn't happen. Like, Did you see some kid in his pants jump off a cliff? <laughs> no. No, of course, no. What are you talking about? That hasn't happened. Why would that happen? <laughs> yeah. I tell you, in a long line, and these things will come out as we do the show, in a long line of dumb shit I've done, I, that might have been at the top of my dumb shit, my dumb shittedness. I'm, I'm definitely starting to get the feeling that you, you've had a lot of... Interesting experiences, shall we say, Dan? Oh Jesus, mate! I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. And uh, do you know what? I don't even. I don't even remember half of them until someone says. So. I must have had concussions or something, because somebody will say something and I'll go, "Oh my god, I remember this time this happened," and just like that, then I totally, I totally forgotten about that. And then we went, well, we went I can't, I can't blame you for wanting to forget about that. Yeah. God Almighty. <laughs> do you know what? On that. Uh... On that fabulous story, we'll leave it there. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week, folks. Take care. See you later. Peace. <laughs> In your pants as well. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And that was the thing. Well, we... I was so embarrassed. Like, honestly, sliding down that rock face, I did not feel a single ounce of pain. All I could feel was embarrassment. And I kept thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to die down this rock face in my pants. <laughs> That's all I could think. Yeah, your uncle's gonna go to jail. Like you, you were fiddling this kid, and then you threw him over the cliff. Found <laughs> <laughs> out the evidence. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>